AM 1060 KDUS Tempe Phoenix and KSLX HD2 Scottsdale Phoenix. It's time to hit the field with Extra Point featuring Kayla Mortolaro and Bob Kemp on KDUS AM 1060. Tweet the show at KDUS AM 1060 or give us a call at 602-260-1060. The snap is back. The hold is down. You can't miss with this combination. And the extra point is good. Hour number two of Extra Point, Friday, November 10th. Bob Kemp, Kayla Mortolaro here with you up until 1 p.m. today as we typically do. Mondays, Wednesdays, Thursdays, and Fridays. Follow along with us online at kdos1060.com and with the KDOS 1060 app. A pretty cool prize happening now. To qualify, download the app, register, listen along, and you could be eligible for those hardwood tickets. We'll get into much more around the NFL as we continue Friday Spread, brought to you by Von Hansen's Meats and Spirits. Do that momentarily, but first, let's reset the scene with today's poll questions, and we'll start with the KDOS1060.com poll question. Who wins Sunday in Glendale, the Cardinals or the Falcons? Bob caught up with D. Orlando Ledbetter from the Atlanta Journal-Constitute to chat all things Falcons. If you missed it, podcast the interview, KDOS. 1060.com and the masses are back on the Cardinals side of things 63% of the vote Falcons trailing at 37% we will officially provide our answer to this around 1230 today tossing it on over to Twitter at KDOS AM 1060 who do you have ATS on Saturday in Seattle the masses unable to get themselves out of their 50-50 split between Utah plus 9 and UW minus 9 that as well answered around 1230 today as it is for Von Hansen's Meats and Spirits the weekend specials 8 ounce butcher's blend steak skewers at 2 for $15 prime boneless butterfly pork chops at 4.99 a pound fresh natural jumbo party style chicken wings also at 4.99 a pound they are located 2390 north alma school in chandler so pay them a visit this weekend we'll make room around 12:15 for brian blewis of pro football network to chat all things nfl props for sunday's slate of action continuing with the games Browns and the Ravens. Browns plus six and a half. Ravens minus six and a half. Over under sitting at 38 and a half. It's another AFC North battle with two good defenses here. I think you have to throw out the first contest because the Browns were playing with uh, DTR there. Therefore, Deshaun Watson is back in this contest. Uh, Lamar Jackson, he was 100% on a passes last week, thrown 10 yards or less. Uh, So he certainly got that sort of control game, plus what he's doing on the ground, what the ground game is able to do here, wondering if they can establish that against this Browns defensive front. In addition to that, which defense potentially gets a turnover? Well, Lamar Jackson, uh, according to my notes here, and I didn't double-check this, but I saw this on NFL Network. He has not completed the pass this season longer, this season, longer than 17 yards. That That's what seems they to said. make sense. Yeah, so there you go. I mean, they've just strictly become a play defense and run the ball team. Uh, and uh, yeah, I think you can make a case that yeah, Mike McDonald is uh, going to get an NFL head coaching job based on what he's done this last couple of seasons since he's come back uh, to the Dolphins. Or, excuse me, the Dolphins. <laughs> the Ravens after he left for the University of Michigan for a while. 
Uh, so he's been tremendous. They've done a really good job. They've been shorthanded on defense for much of the season. Uh, Cleveland's offensive line is a mess. Uh, usually a team strength, but obviously they're they, they're you know basically without Conklin for the season, and now his backup Jawan Jones. Uh, he most likely isn't going to play this week either. So they're down to their third right tackle, and of course Jedrick Wills, their starting left tackle, got injured uh, last week against the Cardinals, and they put him on IR earlier this week. The Texans and the Bengals here. The Texans plus six and a half, Bengals minus six and a half, over under sitting at 47. Uh, this is a next level, next step game for CJ Stroud going on the road against this Bengals defense. Stroud is 25th in the NFL in yards per attempt when under pressure at 5.1 yards. He's number two in the league, though, at 9.3 yards per attempt when he's not pressured. Meanwhile, the Bengals seemingly are figuring some things out on defense uh, as they are now with a defense of 42.8% pressure rate since week number five. The question here is, can Joe Mixon have some success in the offense against this Texans run defense? And then also on the offensive side of the ball, T. Higgins not expected to play with a hamstring injury, still monitoring Jamar Chase. At least the imaging has come back saying no structural damage for him on his back. Yeah, I would think um, in Chase's case, if it's like uh, you know 50-50 that he won't play because they play Thursday night at Baltimore, uh, Higgins already ruled out, at least according to uh, the Bengals, officially ruled out this morning of this game. Uh, so we'll see what's up with that. I have no idea who's actually playing in uh, some of the key players for Houston. They said earlier this week, or I should rephrase that, it was reported earlier this week that Will Anderson wasn't going to play. Well, he practiced yesterday, so I guess maybe he will play. And Nico Collins, who is their best wide receiver, he has not practiced the last two days, so I don't know if he'll play or not. Uh, but if you are less than 100%, Going against, uh, you know, certainly if you're, you're going against the Bengals' defense right now, uh, that's not good for C.J. Stroud. Their offensive line, they can't run the ball at all, which, God bless him, is one of the reasons that he's been able to, he's been throwing it with high frequency. That and the fact they're always chasing points. Uh, but he's got 14 touchdowns and one pick this season. Pretty amazing for anybody, let alone a rookie. The Packers and the Steelers. Packers plus three, Steelers minus three, over-under sitting at 38.5. I think we've seen enough from Jordan Love to say he's not going to be a long-term solution for the Packers on offense. We also have to watch Kenny Pickett and the run game for the Steelers. That's been painful. At home, though, will this Steelers defense be able to get after the Packers, who have struggled to score points, have some first-half woes as well? I do think Cam Hayward being back has helped contain uh, the run game. You saw Derrick Henry last week with 75 yards. Agreed with that. Uh, unfortunately, Minka Fitzpatrick, uh, Fitzpatrick looks like he's not going to play again. I thought maybe after you know, the long week, because you mentioned they played last Thursday, Looks like he's not going to play again with the hamstring injury that it's now three games ago or, you know, kind of two and a half weeks ago, et cetera, in that ballpark. As far as the Packers, who's going to play for them? Uh, Kenny Clark, their best defensive lineman, in my opinion. I mean, some people might actually consider a couple other. He's a good player, let's put it that way. And Jair Alexander, uh, without a doubt, their best corner. He hasn't practiced all week, so – no idea who's playing for the Packers on defense. 
Now, the Lions and the Chargers here, at the beginning of the week, it was Lions minus one, Chargers plus, or, I'm sorry, Lions minus one and a half, Chargers plus one and a half, over under sitting at 48 and a half. It is now currently on the FanDuel Sportsbook app, Lions minus three, Chargers plus three. The Lions are coming off of a bye. The Chargers are coming off of a short week. We saw Justin Herbert and the offense struggle against the Jets here. The Chargers defense uh, shouldn't have that kind of success that they did against the Jets as they will against this Lions offensive line. And David Montgomery uh, trending back for the Lions. He's going to play. I mean, he's practiced the last couple of days. Dan Campbell says that he's going to play, so I'm I'm trusting Dan Campbell and telling the truth. Uh, So there's up with that. That's, uh, That's what's up with that. Uh, You mentioned the bye week and then uh, the Chargers off the Monday night road game. Uh, Those are things that usually at least get me leaning towards the other side, Uh, the team with the rest. And I think the team with the rest is a better team. I'm on Detroit in this game, whatever the best number I can find. Then we have the Commanders and the Seahawks. The Commanders plus five and a half, Seahawks minus five and a half, over under sitting at 44 and a half. Uh, the Commanders don't have their two top pass rushers. They were traded. So will that finally settle Geno down to make some better throws and decisions? Red zone issues for the Seahawks, though, involve Geno completing just 40 point five percent of his throws that's lowest in the nfl kenneth walker is averaging 66.5 yards per game and then on the flip side of this here are we seeing the quarterback of the future for the commanders in sam howell he's good he's gonna you know, hopefully he can not get killed every week and that's partly because he holds the ball for a long time and and large but probably more you know, large larger part that their offensive line isn't any good uh, Gino's just not good. I mean, he's a one-year wonder. Maybe I'll change my mind. He's going to have to do a whole lot for me to change my mind. He sucked his whole career until last year. He had a magical season last year, and he's been as bad this year as he was before last year. And, uh, yeah, he's, he's not any good. And, uh, you know, I'm not, I have no interest in this game as far as a betting situation, you know, I, I cleaned up going against Seattle last week against Baltimore. That was a clear mismatch. Then I said that before the game. I said that all last week that uh, Seattle's a phony team. They're above 500. Uh, I don't care about that. They also, you know, for, for people that are in the metrics, they have a negative point, point differential above 500. That does not happen very often. Uh, Seattle, you know, I, I thought they were going to be good last year and you know, took advantage of that. I wasn't completely sold on them this year, but I thought their defense was better. But their defense also hasn't been particularly good of late. Uh, so I, don't, I think they're uh, the definition of a phony team. And I'm looking to go against Seattle whenever possible, but I'm sure as hell not taking Washington. The Jets and the Raiders here. Jets minus uh, one. Raiders plus one over under sitting at 36 and a half. It's a short week for the Jets. You then had this emotional win for the Raiders behind rookie Aiden O'Connell. The Jets defense will certainly make things much harder and more confusing for O'Connell Sunday. But the one area where you might be able to exploit the Jets on defense is with the run game. So can you feed and get Josh Jacobs going to help with that um, as they are giving up 137.3 yards per game on the ground? Yeah, I have no interest in this game either. I apologize, but that's just kind of my opinion. A lot of the NFL schedule for this week. I wish the Raiders were playing somebody other than the Jets or you know, maybe at least a good team 
because I'm not buying all this Antonio Pierce garbage that he's turned the Raiders around in like a week and all that crap. Uh, like I said, I wish they were playing a real team this week and I almost for certain would be playing against them and hope they win this game. And I hope more people say that Antonio Pierce has turned the, uh, you know, or anybody, not just Pierce himself, but I don't think this team can be turned around because they don't have many good players. They're one of the worst rosters in the league. And they won a game. They're obviously all happy that Josh McDaniels is gone. Nobody can argue that. Uh, but you know, just because they have a new coach and they win a game, they've, they've been solved? Give me a break. The cigar celebrations, Bob. Never big, been, never been a big cigar guy. Even in uh, my alleged heyday of whatever I was doing, Cigars was not uh, part of the of the uh, of the fun factor <laughs> for me. Brian Lewis, he is set to join us on the other side of the break. He's coming to us from Pro Football Network. We'll pick his brain around the NFL, see if we can find some angles in the prop bet market. We also have the $100 gift certificate still available to you for Von Hansen's Meats and Spirits, located 2390 North Alma School in Chandler. And the weekend specials is the 8-ounce Butcher's Blend Steak Skewers at 2 for $15, Prime Boneless Butterfly Pork Chops at 4 99 a pound and the fresh natural jumbo party style chicken wings at 4.99 a pound brian blue is a pro football network next here in the extra point listen to rewards for you with the kqs 1060 app download today to hear all of the national and local shows you love that's the kdus 1060 app Welcome back to Extra Point here on KDOS AM 1060. As always, follow along with us online at KDOS1060.com and with the KDOS 1060 app. Looking forward to getting back into the NFL prop bet discussion as we pop on out to the KDOS hotline. Brian Blewis, Pro Football Network. Follow all of their work over at pfnbetting.com. Brian, it's uh, Bob and Kayla. How are you? We missed you last week. Yeah, I missed you guys too, and I um, wish um, the day, the day that we had that we had all for this segment was this week instead of last week because it's a terrible slate of games coming up. <laughs> I we were just discussing that off air about the uh, the, uh, the action yeah. this week. Oh, it's man, we'll we'll do our best. How's that? <laughs> yeah, and the primetime games are just as bad as it gets too. Like I'm, it, it, it's it's almost worth not watching. Uh, but alas, we will watch. Uh, let's start, though, because, you know, the Arizona Cardinals, they're going to be hosting the Falcons, and uh, it's going to be Kyler Murray getting his first start since de- December 12th of 2022. His number from this morning was 219 and a half passing yards, but we have absolutely no basis for anything about what he's going to look like in this new offense. So should anything Kyler Murray just be off the table this week? And furthermore, what do we do with the Falcons? Do we consider Kyle Pitts here at over 34 and a half receiving yards. Do we load up on Tyler Algier, assuming that Bijan Robinson continues to not get a workload? Yeah, I hate to start off with this answer for both sides, but this is a complete stay away from me from a player prop standpoint because, one, we don't know how Kyler's going to look his first game back from tearing his ACL almost a year ago in a brand new offense. And then, two, there's just nobody you could trust when it comes to Arthur Smith on the Falcons, even though. Kyle Pitts just did have a baby, and some people love to play into the narratives of, like, guys having birthdays, guys having kids, and then scoring touchdowns and having big games. So 
If there's any insight I can offer for this game, it's that. <laughs> if the baby is home, he's not going to sleep, though. So I, 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 that's just a guess on my part. I've never had a kid. So there you go. That's, my, that's yeah. what I hear. All right. Real quick, though, back to that Cardinals game. Yeah, if there was, did, did we maybe even at least momentarily thought of, think about Marquise Brown? He has, you know, obviously played with uh, Mil, uh, Murray at OU. And when Brown was playing and Hopkins was suspended here at the start of last year, they had a really good connection and Brown had some pretty big games. Yeah, now that he mentioned that's not a bad play. His props only at 51 and a half. And we've seen Josh Jobs last week and then a week before Will Levis, like pretty underwhelming quarterbacks have big games against the Falcons defense, especially big pass plays through the air with Will Levis. And he catch with Hawkins for a couple of them. And if there's one thing that Marquise Brown's good at, it's being a deeper downfield. And he has a big bump in quarterback play, not just from, especially from uh, Clayton Toon last week. So if you're looking for a flyer in this game, I think that's the direction to head it. Brian Blue is Pro Football Network. Follow all of their work over at pfnbetting.com. The game uh, in Sunday gets started in Germany. It's the Colts and the Patriots. The Colts are giving up 125.6 yards per game on the ground to opposing offenses. With the Patriots struggling so much to move the ball, will they finally feed Ramadre Stevenson, who did bust for a big run last week? Yeah, I, I don't have too strong a thought to Stevenson here. He's been pretty underwhelming this season for the most part, but like he's had a little bit of a bump in recent weeks, as you mentioned. If there's one direction I'm going to head in this game, though, I'll give you an under-the-radar guy. It would be uh, Mike Gusecki, who's basically the number two tight end in New England, but he's also one of their top receivers now with Kendrick Bourne out for the season. He saw a huge bump in snaps last week, and they play a lot more two tight end sets because this receiving core of the Patriots is so weak, and their tight ends might actually be their two best pass catchers on their team. So... His props are pretty low, only 21.5 receiving yards. His touchdown odds are around like plus 500 last I checked. And he has the best red zone target share on the team with Kendrick Borna out for the season. And the books haven't really adjusted. Okay, so let me flip that game to the other side. You know, Michael Pittman has been you know, good with Gardner Minshew at quarterback. Josh Downs, it looks like he's going to be out because of injury. So maybe. Uh, considering uh, some Pittman prop uh, prop bets uh, against the you know the Patriots defense, which has not been as good as expected. Yeah, I know that one of our um, betting and fantasy analysts at uh, Pro Football Network, who filled in for me a few weeks ago, Kyle Toppy, he's pretty heavy on uh, Michael Pittman props this week. He likes him to have a big game against the Patriots team. And one thing that always is in the back of people's minds when they're betting player props with the Patriots is the narrative that like. Bill Belcher likes to take away the opposing team's best weapon, but it doesn't happen all the time, and it's definitely less true and more perception than reality. And this this day's version of the Patriots and their heyday. The 49ers are at the Jaguars. The 49ers should be getting Debo Samuel back. We'll have to wait and see on Trent Williams on the offensive line. The Jaguars' defense, though, has been really good against the run. It's hard to think about an under with the explosive ability of these 49ers players, but under 65 and a half yards for Christian McCaffrey on the ground. Do you like that thought process? Yeah, my one thing is the players as good as McCaffrey. So McCaffrey are running back and then a receiver guys like Justin Jefferson, Tyreek Hill, AJ Brown, they're pretty matchup proof in my opinion. And I don't know if I'd be a little scared to take the under here, especially if you think the 49ers are going to pull away with this one and snap their three game losing streak. But you do mention the Jaguars have a good run defense and anything, it's the odds are tough because 
they're, they're, they price what they are for a reason. He scores touchdowns every week, but McCaffrey is one touchdown away for breaking the record for most consecutive games with a touchdown. So if you find another player prop you like in this game, to bring the odds up to minus 175, that would be a good play right there. McCaffrey to get in the end zone. Okay, the Bengals have ruled out T. Higgins already for this week. Jamar Chase took that nasty fall against the Bills the other night, and he's missed some practice time this week. So bottom line, is it time to maybe you know, get interested in some Tyler Boyd over props here? Yeah, that wouldn't be a bad play. I Right now, I don't see any player props up for any of uh, the Bengals players outside of Joe Mixon. So it's kind of hard to say right now, depending on what the number is. But at the same time, we see like even before they had Jamar Chase, Tyler Boyd was considered a uh, a pretty good receiver and for the longest time is considered the best receiver trio in the NFL. But Tyler Boyd's falling uh, pretty under the radar a bit, and I guess people kind of forgotten how capable of receiver he is. So it really just depends. And this game, I think, will be a pretty big back-and-forth battle between C.J. Stroud and the Texans team, and that one team will run away with it in this one. So the, pass, so the game script should be in the favor there, and it really depends on the numbers there, but it's not a bad thought process at all. Brian Lewis, Pro Football Network. Follow all of their work over at pfnbetting.com. So Taysom Hill has been finding his way into the end zone or creating opportunities for others to get into the end zone since we talked about him a couple of weeks ago. He is still plus money on any time score. Does that make sense to continue to ride this wave? And anything else from this game, maybe Josh Dobbs under the passing yards against this Saints defense? Yeah, I don't. Recall, I can't recall what Taysom Hill's anytime touchdown odds have been, so I can't really say if they've started to adjust or not, but it's still a plus 205 at DraftKings, so that's still decently, de- like pretty favorable odds from a betting standpoint, too. And you mentioned Josh Dobbs. This is a game that I really wanted to fade the Vikings in just because they came off that huge win last week, really inspiring performance with Dobbs not even knowing most of his teammates' names or like what their numbers were, to say the least, because he just got there a few days before. But the spread's up now at the three, so I'm a little less inclined to take the Saints. But you mentioned with uh, the Saints, you mentioned with Dobbs, the Saints passing defense is really good. It's one of the best defenses in the NFL, and a big step up in competition from the Falcons last weekend. Even at a even at a number as low as 209 and a half, those are one. That's kind of like a trap line almost. You think, oh, that's really easy for him to hit the over, especially as an underdog. But I definitely would fade Josh Dobbs here if anything in this one. Okay, I mentioned Tyler Boyd. I want to flip this to the other side of that game. Uh, the uh, the Bengals' defense certainly has improved, but they've had some problems against some tight ends, including last week against the Bills. So Dalton Schultz, uh, anytime touchdown, is that an idea? Um, looking at the odds right now, it's at plus 230. So if you like it, that's some really appetizing odds to say the least. But I'm not going to buy too high on – any receiving props or passing props for the Texans this one just because this is, you're, you're not really getting much value from that standpoint with C.J. Stroud coming off 470 yards and five touchdowns. Yeah. And True. You, see, like, you, you mentioned how this Bengals like, offense, you're able to throw on them, that's for sure, but not in comparison to this Bucks defense like we saw last week. And obviously the hype for C.J. Stroud is at an all-time high, and as it should, but I just don't want to like, be late to that bandwagon, if you will. Baker Mayfield at 250 and a half passing yards seems really high, especially if this Titans front can get some pressure on him, cause some sacks or throwaways. Conversely, for the Titans, will they be wanting to feed Derrick Henry? So looking at his overs. 
Yeah, I'm actually re- really liking uh, the over for Will Levis in this one just because of what we saw with this Bucks pass defense last against C.J. Stroud and of uh, all active quarterbacks right now. So basically, so let's take out Aaron Rodgers here. Will Levis has the highest average depth of target in the NFL. So he's really attacking deep downfield. He's not afraid to take those shots. And we've seen this Bucks defense is really prone to giving up big plays in the passing game. And it's like not like Will Levis doesn't have much around him. I mean, Hopkins still looks very good too. And if there's any strength of this Bucks defense, is their is their is their is their rushing defense. But with a short spread, if you like. As an under, that's getting and pretty neat. Brian, you're uh, we're cutting in and out a little bit on the phone connection here, so let me see if I can get you back here momentarily. Uh, so it looks like here conversation though, believing in Will Levis to take advantage of some of the uh, areas of concern with the Bucks defense. Can you guys hear me? Oh, yep. Now we can. Oh. Perfect. Great. No, I'm here. All right. Awesome. I'll just do a reset here. Brian Blue is Pro Football Network and PFNBetting.com. Bob, go for your question. Okay. This is a strictly an anti-Bills idea. They had one sack in 46 dropbacks by the Bengals last week. Uh, you know, Russell Wilson has a pretty high touchdown per attempt rate this year, so maybe some Russell Wilson overprops on Monday night, assuming the weather in Buffalo is okay. Yeah, I don't think it's ever a bad overs for opposing offenses against the Bills anymore. Their defense, since they've lost Davius White and Matt Milano, Daquan Jones' injury has been one of the worst in the NFL, even bottom five in terms of some advanced, advanced metrics. So this Broncos team, too, they're, they're definitely better than people think just because of how bad they were to start the season that they gave up 70 points and lost by 50 to the Dolphins. And the perception is that Russell Wilson is a terrible quarterback now. He's definitely not close as good as he used to be, but like you said, he's been pretty efficient in throwing for touchdowns. He's not a high-volume thrower this year. Like He's not like Drew Brees in his heyday. He's going to rack up a lot of completions. He's really all or nothing pretty much, and that's coming to the end zone as well too. And at plus 170 for over one-and-a-half touchdowns, I wouldn't mind that play at all against his Bills defense. Uh, over for the Browns and the Ravens, it's going to be a fun AFC North battle here. This time, the Browns having Deshaun Watson with them. Amari Cooper, he's been so hit or miss on a game-to-game basis, but Watson finding a connection with him against the Cardinals last week. With this Ravens secondary, though, will they be able to keep him in check? He's sitting at uh, 54 and a half yards. And what direction makes sense to go in for this Ravens offense? Yeah, you mentioned how inconsistent Amari Cooper is. He might put up, he could put up anywhere from zero to 100 yards in a week, and zero could be as likely as any other number. It's really crazy with him. He's definitely been one of the more frustrating players from not just a player prop standpoint, but from fantasy football too, and pretty much for his whole career, even dating back to when he was playing in Oakland. But I don't want to take, I don't really want to fade this Ravens defense in any capacity. This their defense has been, there's actually the two best defenses in the NFL playing against each other, and. They're familiar opponents, given they play each other twice a year in the same division. So, if anything here, I'll just be looking at any under rather than any over just because of the matchup familiarity. Okay, last one for me, and I don't have as much as usual because I'm not a big fan of the schedule this week, either sides or prop bets or anything else. But, yeah, I mentioned the weather. Uh, in Buffalo, Mike, it's November, etc. It's always windy in Buffalo, whether it's November or like June. 
but I'm curious, you know, we're in November now. How much does weather get into your you know, forecasting and you know, does it kind of, uh, you know, or there's some websites, weather forecast websites in the NFL that you tend to lean towards for accurate weather? Yeah, the, with the playing with uh, betting with the weather in mind is always really tricky just because so much could change the first, as you're as like if you're like a couple of days out at least that I don't want to like yeah. what was well, there's a game a few weeks ago and it's supposed to be a lot of snow it was a Broncos Chiefs game there ended up being nothing pretty much so that's always a concern but when it happens like the day of obviously you want to lean towards overs or rushing under surpassing but it's always the wind that plays more a factor in my opinion than the snow especially when it's two teams that are familiar playing in the snow. Like, maybe not as much the Broncos, but sometimes the two. But Buffalo, obviously, it'd be a different story if it was, like, an, an indoor team like the Lions and a quarterback that's not known for, known not playing as well outdoors like Jared Goff, for example. But I don't really have, like, a specific resource that I rely on most of the weather. I just don't – I try my best not to overreact too much until it's Sunday. It's because of information could just change so much. Brian, before we let you go, is there anything that we haven't touched on that you do like for this weekend? I, I know that not a whole lot of intriguing things going on, but anytime touchdown score, passing props, receiving, rushing props that you do like. Yeah, we talked to this game for a little bit before I started breaking up, but I really like uh, Will Levis passing over against the Buccaneers just because it's still a pretty low number, and we've seen him in two games that – he is not only capable, he's not only a capable quarterback and looks a lot better than expected from a rookie, especially one that might have been a little raw being drafted in the early second round, but he could sling it. Like, he's just not afraid to take shots deep downfield, too, and he's got a cannon for, of an arm also. And this, pass, this Bucks pass defense has been a funnel, to say the least, and I like him to have a pretty big day through the air. Brian, we appreciate you, uh, as always, joining the program, and we look forward to doing it next week. Hopefully there's a little bit better enticing options for us. Oh, it doesn't get much worse than this one, but uh, thank you, guys. Talk to you soon. Sounds good. Brian Blue is there. Follow their work over at Pro Football Network and PFNbetting.com. It is time now for you to be today's $100 gift certificate winner to Von Hansen's Meats and Spirits. Von Hansen's located 2390 North Alma School Road in Chandler. We're going to go caller number two today, 602-260-1060. You're the winner of the $100 gift certificate. Caller two, the number 602-260-1060. When you are the winner, come with your weekend bet as well. We're looking to get back in the winner's column. All the money at season's end going to charity. We answer today's poll questions on the other side of the break. Also looks like Jonathan Gannon, uh, when he did confirm that Kyler Murray is going to start on Sunday, he said running back James Conner is, quote, trending in the right direction to play on Sunday. So we'll see how that unfolds for the Arizona Cardinals as they do host the Falcons 2.05 p.m. on Sunday on CBS. Caller number two, 602-260-1060. You're the winner of the $100 gift certificate to Von Hansen's Meats and Spirits. Poll questions are next right here in the Extra Point. Have you downloaded the KTUS 1060 app yet? Download today and get all of your favorite local and national shows right on your phone. KDOS AM 1060. It is the extra point. Congratulations to our winner of the $100 gift certificate to Von Hansen's Meats and Spirits. Once again, the weekend specials for you. 
Eight ounce butcher blend steak skewers at two for $15. Prime boneless butterfly pork chops at $4.99 a pound. Fresh natural jumbo party style chicken wings at $4.99 a pound. 2390 North Alma School in Chandler, vonhansensmeats.net. Our winner is going with the Bengals this weekend. So we'll see how things unfold as they uh, host rookie CJ Stroud. Let's get into poll questions here. And we'll start with the KDOS1060.com poll question in regards to the Cardinals hosting the Falcons. Bob had a conversation with D. Orlando Ledbetter of the Atlanta Journal-Constitute talking all things Falcons. If you missed any of that conversation, you can podcast over at KDOS1060.com. So who wins Sunday in Glendale? We do know Kyler Murray is expected to start. Uh, that confirmed this morning by head coach Jonathan Gannon. In addition to that, Jonathan Gannon saying that James Conner trending in the right direction for a Sunday start uh, as he has the 21-day window open for him to return from IR. Uh, Cardinals or Falcons, though, Bob? Well, to me, um, yeah, I'm glad that those guys are back because it'll make it a much presentable, more, uh, more presentable product to try to watch, uh, which we unfortunately have to do on a weekly basis because we're in the Phoenix market. Then we got to watch the local team. If we weren't in the local market, I think it's safe to say that I will have watched less Cardinals action than any team in the NFL this year because I think they're the worst team in the NFL this year. And uh, as much as you know, Murray and Connor can help, they don't block, they don't play defense. And the Falcons have far more good NFL-level players than the Cardinals. Uh, and it looks like London is going to play. Uh, we weren't really sure about that a couple of hours ago, but apparently he's been listed as probable for the game on Sunday now. Uh, so that's a big deal for them. Uh, also another guy that, uh, you know, ASU fans must hate the Falcons because you know, Algier had a game where he destroyed ASU when he was at BYU. London had a game where he single-handedly beat ASU when he was with USC. So I'm guessing Sun Devil fans are not big fans of the Falcons just because of that. But hey, I just think that this is clearly, uh, depending on, especially if the Cardinals are missing offensive linemen, this is a game when the active list comes out 90 minutes before the game that I might get invested in as far as financially. Um, but I definitely think the Falcons are a better team. And it seems like they're a much healthier team right now than the Cardinals are, even with Murray and Connor possibly playing in Connor's case. And we're pretty sure that Murray's going to play for sure, even though I don't believe really anything the Cardinals tell us about any injuries until we actually see it. So I definitely agree with you that the Falcons are a better team. Uh, but I do think that there's something about Kyler Murray coming back here that maybe that gives them a boost. Um, I do. I am worried about the offensive line, though, and that could change this answer come Sunday if some of those key players uh, are unable to go. Um, the Falcons do have a good D front, so that could be a, something to monitor there, getting after the quarterback. But I, I, the Falcons team so far in the last couple of, of weeks have been susceptible some, to some plays on defense they also on offense have been susceptible to some turnovers and allowing teams to hang around uh so i just kind of think i guess this is a narrative type play for me that uh getting kyler murray back kind of just changes the um thoughts and feelings and like the ability to kind of re-establish themselves this season after um not 
being competitive the last couple of weeks. So uh, I'm going to go with the Cardinals here over the Falcons. Okay, we disagree. Yes. Hopefully we're on fight, fight uh, verbally fight during the game while we're sitting next to each other. I, I think uh, that I can... F- I can confidently say that that will not happen, and that will be more <laughs> confident than my selection. How's that sound? Well, that that would be me. That would be the, doing the verbal warfare. <laughs> so that would be, you know, whatever. Okay. So just, uh, to, just to give everybody, give everybody, give everybody an idea, that's not a you thing. That would strictly be me. Uh, who wins Sunday in Glendale? The Cardinals. Uh, the masses are on them to the tune of sixty percent of the vote. Falcons sitting at forty percent. This is KDOS1060.com's poll question. And flipping this on over to Twitter at KDUS AM 1060. Who do you have ATS on Saturday in Seattle? Um, you know, it, it was a little surprising to see how Utah was completely destroyed by Oregon a couple of weeks ago. You thought that there would be, um, I, I didn't think Utah was going to win the game, but not be blown out to the tune that they were. However, UW does not have the same type of physicality that an Oregon team does on either side of the ball on either front of the ball. So I think that that allows Utah to kind of be able to, to hang in this one a little bit more. Uh, the question is though, can Utah generate enough offense to keep up and keep within a touchdown here in this case to keep within nine points? There is uh, you know, the ground game for them against ASU, uh, Whoever it was running the football, there were like four different running backs that were all kind of not the starters heading into the season that were uh, 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 forced into action, if you will. But they were able to move the ball here. So I think that there's certainly opportunities for Utah to control clock in those situations and settings and be able to uh, flex their dominance uh, in the ground game here. UW found success rushing the ball last week against a USC team. I do think, though, that Utah's defensive front is uh, much different than USC's. So just kind of curious to see how that all plays out. The susceptibility, though, for Utah might be in the secondary where questions on is Michael Penix back to being Michael Penix that we saw at the beginning of the season. I would say that Utah is able to hang in this one here, Utah plus nine. Yeah, I actually have. Uh, I mentioned earlier in the week that I was going to be on Utah on this game list, looking for the best number, and I got a ten. Uh, that's before the bad weather uh, forecast hit yesterday. There's supposed to be rain, uh, not surprisingly, in Seattle, but winds up to 25 miles an hour could also be a game time. That's a game time forecast that I saw yesterday afternoon. Uh, so if he wants to try to throw that, you know, he's got a strong arm, but good luck with that. And plus, they still got a pass block. And he's been hit a lot, Penix has this year. And, uh, yeah, he's fumbled a few times. Not his fault necessarily because he's taken some blind, uh, blindside hits, etc. cetera. Uh, I'm definitely on Utah in this game. And I decided that two or three weeks ago that, you know, I'm almost for sure going to be on Utah in this game, not even knowing what the number was going to be. And I'm almost for sure going to be on Oregon State next week in Corvallis against Washington. I just don't think Washington – is particularly good. I know they're undefeated. They should have lost the Oregon game, but Dan Lanning's an idiot and just handed the game away, just gave that game away with his multiple you know, metrics-based decisions on down distance, etc. and he lost them the game. Washington, to me, did not win that game, and I'm just looking for a spot to go against Washington, and that's this week and probably next week, even if they win this one. 
The masses, though, were unable to get themselves out of their 50-50 split between Utah plus 9 and UW minus 9. That is over on Twitter at KDUS AM 1060. We wrap up this edition, this Friday, November 10th edition of Extra Point on the other side of the break. The Phoenix Suns are in action tonight. So, too, is U of A basketball traveling to face Duke. Plus, plenty of action happening in college and NFL, as we have discussed throughout today's program. So we'll wrap it all up on the other side of the break. It is the Extra Point here on KDOS AM 1060, as always online at KDOS1060.com. And with the KDOS 1060 app, which has a pretty cool prize right now, hardwood tickets for you. Download the app, register, and you are set to go to be eligible for those tickets happening now on the KDOS 1060 app. One final segment here in the Extra Point. Check out the Doug Gottlieb Show, Monday through Friday, 1 to 3 p.m., right here on KDUS AM 1060. November 10th edition of Extra Point here on KDOS AM 1060. As always, KDOS1060.com and with the KDOS 1060 app. But, Bob, it's that time once again. It is. Thank you, time. As always, we thank you for listening. Special thanks to callers, emailers, tweeters, texters, whomever and whatever else slipped through the cracks. Also, our guest today, plural, uh, Cardinals and Falcons preview with D. Orlando Ledbetter of the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. Also, our weekly NFL prop bet update with Brian Blewis of Pro Football Network. Sound of the day courtesy of, I got it here, I really do, CBS, ESPN, Pac-12 Networks, 3TV, ACC Digital Network, NBC, Amazon Prime Video, and ESPNU. I'm out of breath. Uh, also, uh, that's a lot of lot of uh, court, courtesy of there as far as uh, television affiliates. Also, special thanks, as always, to Kayla, Corey, and uh, Aaron. And Kayla's going to tell us what's coming up next. That's right. Coming up next from 1 to 3 p.m., it is the Doug Gottlieb Show, followed by the Rich Eisen Show from 3 to 5, the Sports Zoo with Dave Rooster Beerstein from 5 to 6, and then we have ASU Women's Basketball taking on Montana State. They're 1-0 and on the young season so far for the Lady Devils, and that gets underway tonight. Jeff Munn on the call, KDUS AM 1060. Um, before we get into some of the other things that are going on locally around uh, the world, of sports, I do want to make mention of this because we were talking about thank yous, right? Uh, this weekend and t- today, technically, a lot of people have had off for Veterans Day, so want to make sure that we uh, properly thank all of our veterans yes. for what they have done for our country, and uh, I hope that uh, the parades and everything that are going on today and tomorrow uh, adequately do it justice to thank you for your service. Good. I'm glad you got that in. I should have done that earlier, so my bad, and uh, you're good. Thank you. Yeah. 
Uh, okay, so more things that are going on around the world of sports here locally. The Phoenix Suns tonight hosting the Lakers, 8 p.m. on ESPN. This is technically part of that in-season group stage play game thing or mabob that's happening here. But don't worry, it's all happening downtown Phoenix. Devin Booker is officially listed as out with a right calf strain. Last updated that I that we both have seen was from Dwayne Rankin about 19 hours ago on that front. Bradley Beal also in that same update was probable with low back spasms. Meanwhile, for the Lakers, Anthony Davis last I saw was questionable, as is Jackson Hayes. Yeah, and uh, the Davis thing, I saw, it's, if you had one of those mannequin things and you just like pointed to the body parts, it's like every body part that he has is seemingly something wrong. So, But unfortunately for him, that's been a large part of his career. Uh, so if you're watching this game, unless you have some kind of financial interest or you're a big, huge Suns fan, I you know, hope that the best players play because, you know, the NBA games I watch in the regular season are the Suns anyway. I want the best players to play because I want to be entertained. They will also be hosting the Thunder at 6 p.m. on 3TV on Sunday. So that's the weekend slate of action for the Suns, who are now back to 500. Just briefly kind of updating things from around the NBA in the West. Uh, you do have the Nuggets out in front, 8-1. and one. Jamal Murray, though, is expected to miss the rest of November with a hamstring injury. The Mavs are second at 6-2. and Luka's been averaging 31.5 points per game and Kyrie Irving 20.3 points per game. Uh, it's so early in the season. I mean, we're eight games in here and the Mavs are sitting at six and two. But I will say this, it's kind of a team that I feel like was completely forgotten in the offseason. They didn't really do anything splashy. They weren't part of any sort of like surprisingly any drama, really. So I kind of forgot about them in the West. Then you have third in the West, the Timberwolves sitting at five and two. Anthony Edwards, maybe this is breakout time for Anthony Edwards, 27.9 points per game averaging for him. And the Warriors are at four uh, in the standings at six and three. And we obviously know about them and, uh, you know, Draymond Green, as well as Chris Paul, kind of in and out of that starting rotation, depending upon Draymond Green's health status. Over in the East, Leading the way is the 76ers at 6-1. and one. They did beat the Celtics earlier this week. Tyreek's maxi uh, has been averaging 25.4 points per game. The Celtics are sitting at 5-2. and two. Uh, I was curious to know how's Kristaps Porzingis doing. He's averaging 20.9 points per game. The Pacers... They're sitting at six and three, and they just beat the Bucks this week. Yesterday, 20, uh, 126 to one twenty four, and the Hawks five and three. Trey Young 24.1 points per game and ten point one assists in the Young season. That'll do it for this edition of Extra Point on this Friday, November tenth. Once again, uh, U of A football at Colorado Saturday, 12 p.m. on the Pac-12 Networks. ASU football Saturday at UCLA, 7 p.m. on the Pac-12 Networks. Falcons at the Cardinals Sunday, 2.05 p.m. on CBS. Everyone have yourselves a fantastic weekend. Thanks for listening to the Extra Point and Friday Spread brought to you by Von Hansen's Meats and Spirits. Bob Kemp in the Sports Zone with you Monday at 10 a.m.